and welcome to Rewire with Duchess Dale. Whether you're a baby boomer or a baby zoomer, a millennial or an elder ally, enjoying retirement or planning ahead, this podcast provides tips and information that turn into inspiration for living your best life. And now, here's our host, Duchess. December 13th, episode 23, I Love Lucia. Well, let me explain about that. Today is St. Lucia's National Day. It is also National Violin Day, National Horse Day, and happily, with these cold temperatures, National Cocoa Day. So you can get a hot beverage while you're listening to this podcast. I mentioned that it is St. Lucia's National Day, and at first, I have to tell you, I thought it might have been a holiday for my patron saint, Lucio Ball, but it's not. This is St. Lucia, who is believed to have converted to Christianity after an angel appeared to her, and she was known for giving away her dowry and any money that she had to be able to serve and support those less fortunate than her. And as, you know, most saint stories, unfold, she did not live a very easy life nor have a very happy ending. However, her legacy lived on and her popularity spread to England and France and even Scandinavia. Now, Lucy, if you want to call her that, also was known for wearing a candlelit wreath around her head, which lit the way, her path, to supporting the poor and left her hands free to be able to carry more food and supplies as needed. She became a widely venerated saint and the National Festival of Lights and Renewal is held on the evening before St. Lucia's Day. Now, Lucia or Lucy, whose name can mean light or lucid, actually must have been looking out for me this week because I had a challenge with the MVD. When we moved to Albuquerque, I went to the MVD to change my address, and that's when the intrigue started. The clerk would not do that for me because she said that my name, my social security number, and my driver's license, my real ID number, didn't match, and that I wasn't who I was saying that I was. Well, that, I have to tell you, is a very unnerving thing to be told, you're not you. So I went to the social security office. They looked everything up. I got a sworn affidavit signed, sealed and delivered that I took, unfortunately, to an MVD Express and they wouldn't accept it. They still declared that I was misrepresenting myself. Fortunately, an angel stepped in for me at the real MVD this week, looked at all of that intrigue and found out that someone had a clerical error and entered my wrong social security number to match my file. And she corrected my driver's license and my registration. I have to tell you that I left the MVD feeling empowered, vindicated, grateful because I love Lucy. Today's wonderful guest is Reverend Sally Robbins. She is a non-denominational minister and has been in ministry for over 25 years. Currently, she's living in Indianapolis, Indiana with her husband, Bob. And before going into the ministry, Reverend Sally had a career in TV and radio. 
She's now retired from the pulpit and is a contributing writer to magazines and even has rewired to yet a third career in digital marketing. Sally is also currently writing a book that she hopes to have published next year. And in addition to being a dynamic speaker and a published author, Reverend Sally is a popular coach who helps individuals reach their highest potential. And today, she is going to share some of her tips with us about one of my favorite topics, purpose. Welcome, Sally. Today, my guest is Sally Robbins, and I would love it, Sally, if you could share with us a little bit about who you are. I would be delighted, Duchess. Thank you so much for the invitation to join you today. I I love, first of all, I love the concept of rewire because I've been living that my entire life. I started off with a career in television. That's what I went to college for and was a reporter and anchored the news and did all kinds of wonderful things. Then I got into ministry, which (laughs) prepared me beautifully for ministry. I did that for the next 20 years and have retired from the pulpit. Now I'm on my third career because I don't think I will ever retire. I love working and contributing to the workforce and life. Now I'm working for a digital marketing agency and doing all kinds of wonderful things. It's just great. Life keeps handing me wonderful assignments. Because of the breadth of your many careers, uh, much like mine, that's the genesis of the podcast because the idea of retiring, not that one has to work a 48-hour week anymore. I want to support other people to know that they have that option to do things differently, to rewire their thoughts and their actions. So you are a perfect guest. I want to tell the listeners that one of the reasons that I invited you to to be a guest was I was reading your submissions in a magazine called the Signs of Mind magazine, and you write daily guides, inspirational guides, and that it prompted me to want to talk about the concept of our purpose in life. You've already talked about the fact that that's so significant to you to have that purpose and that passion and changing and rewiring. If today we could talk about purpose and why is that so important to us, especially in later life? When we first started talking about this, it kindled a a memory for me of, of a book that I recently read called The Second Mountain by David Brooks. And David posited a fabulous concept. He said, so many of us are very familiar with climbing that first mountain. And what he means by the first mountain is all the trappings of success. You're going to get a great job. You're going to find the perfect spouse. You're going to have the perfect children. You're going to have a vacation home. You're going to have the right car. All these things that we normally define as successful. What he says is, Most people, when they get to the top of that first mountain or whatever their version of that is, Mm -hmm. that they go, is that all there is? Because it's not really fulfilling. It's not something that you can go, wow, I, I can't wait to get up every day. And very many people fall into this false sense of security that they've lusted after the wrong things in life. And then they're in for a rude awakening when they realize that it doesn't bring meaning to them. So David Brooks says that there really is the second mountain. And most of us climb that first mountain in our first career life. Then in your later life, you really need to have that second mountain. Some people are smart enough to have figured that out before they've climbed the first mountain. But he says most of us 
really have that second mountain. And what that second mountain is that you need to have purpose. You need to have meaning in your life. And he defines a virtuous and meaningful life in four categories. First is your spouse and your family. Are you having a loving and fulfilling life with your family and and spouse? Your vocation, just as you said earlier, your vocation doesn't have to be a 40-hour gig. It can be whatever you choose it to be. Third is a philosophy or a faith. And fourth is community. In those four categories, we find that there is meaning, that there is purpose, that there is a way to serve each other and the world. I love that idea that the second mountain is something that gives us something to aspire to, even if we've succeeded in so many other ways in our lives, as many of us have, we've had very successful careers. And yet there's something more. And how can we move into a place where we're moving towards that second mountain? I think a common thread that I have heard, read, uh, talked about, especially since I've been doing the podcast, people who get to be at a certain age, I'm not that fond of the word seniors, but people start to be seniors or they literally retire from a job. And then, well, that's it. As you said, is that all there is? And I hear strains of Peggy Lee singing in the background. And is that all there is? Or they think, now that I'm retired or I'm too old or it's too late in life. That's why I think it's really important that we address this concept of perhaps the second mountain. And many times that second mountain, we give it more intentional thought than we did the first time around. Because the first time around, how can I make the most money? Or the things that we've chosen are very different. But the second time around, we're thinking, what really brings me joy and meaning? What, where, where is my purpose and how can I fulfill that? The second mountain has more intentional thinking about what we want to do and how we want to be a part of this wonderful world that is so amazing. I feel like this interview is giving them a backpack with ideas and tools so that they can climb the metaphoric proverbial mountain. I don't want people to think, wait a minute, I'm too old to climb a mountain. We are talking about the idea of shaking off any of those old conditions and patterns or beliefs that one is quote, end quote, too old to do it. You can't teach an old dog new tricks, which is not true. It's absolutely not true. I found the love of my life at 62 years old. I decided to gulp, jump into... Let me guess, eHarmony? And a week after I joined, this lovely man messaged me who turned out to be the most incredible, honorable, kind... I could go on and on about him. People were like, wait a minute, you're 62. So what? My chronological age doesn't define who I am and what I can give to this world, especially when it comes to a loving relationship. Let's throw away all of those ideas that you're too old for anything, whether it's love, whether it's new work, whether it's purpose, it doesn't matter. As long as I'm breathing, I'm going to be finding a way to serve with purpose. Congratulations on, as you say, the gulp of jumping into eHarmony and then the bonus of finding the love of your life. That may have to be another episode another time. Let's bring it back to a concept of value that I know we both share, which is that of purpose and service. As you said, first mountain purpose is sometimes, well, get that job, get the degree, have the traditional things in life that we were 
conditioned to want now what is the new purpose? How do we find that purpose? If someone's popping this in their head, what are the right questions that I might need to ask? Someone should ask themselves to help determine that purpose. Well, this idea uh, brings me back to Viktor Frankl, who wrote that wonderful book, Man's Search for Meaning. After having been in a concentration camp, he came to some brilliant thoughts about that. But I read a little bit more about his life in this book, The Second Mountain. It talked about how before World War II, he was a brilliant psychologist, and he actually contacted Sigmund Freud and had discussions with him. And he invented ways for people to think of other things other than suicide. He he prevented a lot of deaths because he set up in his hometown areas where people could go and and find help when they were at this suicidal point in their lives. World War II comes along and he's thrown into a concentration camp, as we know. And at that point, his life changed dramatically. And and I want to read from this book because it just talks very simply about how he asked those right questions. Because he realized that the career questions, again, that first mountain, what do I want from life? What can I do to make myself happy? Are not the proper questions. The real question is, what is life asking of me? Frankel realized that a psychiatrist in a concentration camp has a responsibility to study suffering and reduce suffering. It did not really matter what we expected from life, but rather what life expected from us. We needed to stop asking about the meaning of life and instead to think of ourselves as those who are being questioned by life daily and hourly. Our answer must consist not in talk and meditation, but in right action and in right conduct. Life ultimately takes full responsibility to find the right answer to its problems and to fulfill the tasks which life constantly sets for the each individual. He's talking about the sense of calling. And I remember that wonderful quote, life doesn't call the qualified, life qualifies the call. Sometimes when we're asking those questions, what am? what is my purpose? What am I here to do? What is it that you feel life is calling you to do? Too many times when I've started getting those taps on the shoulder, hey, what about this? I immediately would start to edit. Well, I can't do that. I'm not qualified for that. That's not what life is asking of us. Life is asking of us to move into a place, the right action of saying, I may not be qualified, but I can find out what I need to do. And I can serve in a way that is going to allow me to benefit this planet. So the questions I started asking myself in those moments of how do I find my purpose? Mm -hmm. For Number one, what brought me joy in my childhood? If we go back before society bred out of us, you don't go after joy, you go after what a, a, the right living is, brought me joy. Did I like being with people? Did I like sitting and reading books or working with data? How can I remember what it was that really fulfilled me when I was a child. Secondly, what brings me alive today? One of the things that that really hit me when I was in my ministry work was at another church, there was a gentleman who led a prison ministry and I was fascinated. I went to dinner with him and his wife and he was telling me all about how they had this prison ministry there in Phoenix. And 
That just called to me. I wanted to work with an underserved population like that. I started working with him and going into the prisons there in the Phoenix area and working with individuals. It wasn't just the inmates. It was the guards, too. That's a wonderful way. What brings me alive? Thirdly, what is a cause that I love to support? What is something that's calling to you? Fourth, what group of people do I love to support? Is there a certain population that you think is deserving and underserved at this moment? Here's a great question. What makes me forget to eat? You know, when we're in that place where we're so wrapped up and, and excited about working on something that we forget to eat. Trust me, that doesn't happen often in my life, but that's a great way to think, wow, this might be a clue that this is purpose for me. And lastly, this question, I guarantee you, if you ask this question of life itself, just get up every morning and say, how can I serve today, spirit? That question will be answered. Something will come into your life. Something will allow you to go, wait a minute, there's there's a need there. If you just ask the simple question, how can I serve? Trust me, that will be answered. Those are some great ways to question what your purpose is. Those are powerful questions with ideas and allowing one's own wisdom to answer these questions rather than read a book, even though that's a wonderful book, or watch a television show and hope for someone outside of ourselves yes. to inspire us. What you've mentioned today is a, are tools that we can put in our backpack up the mountain. They are tools that will give us the, the, the motivation that we might need. Because again, I think people, particularly as they get older, and I know some folk are still dealing with that post-pandemic slug sloth mode. Yes. Trying yes. to get back into action, back into community, and the idea of being with a bunch of people or doing things. By asking those questions of oneself, that guides us where we are uniquely called to serve. And when you're using the word serve, we're talking about showing up, maybe yes. volunteering. Being a, being a transformative force for good in this wow. world. That's what I claim for myself. I want to be a transformative force for good. How that shows up is love and understanding and compassion and kindness, caring. Whatever is called of me to be in that moment, that's what I try to be. What it does is it sends those vibrations of kindness, compassion, caring. It sends it out to the universe and I'm simply paying it forward. We're energetic beings here. And it's our responsibility to put the right energy back out into the universe. Fear, anger, resentment, all of that. Let's let go of that. And just move into a place where we can say, I'm here to be transformative force for good. I'm going to live on purpose. I'm going to be what I'm supposed to be, which is a being of love. That's how I'm going to show up. There are many people who agree with this and many people who might shrug their shoulders at that thinking as they turn off the news or close their newspaper. And when we say things like that, they go, are you kidding? In this day and age with all that's going around in the world, you want me to be just a being of light and love and service? That's an excellent point. And 
<laughs> I could easily get weighed down by all of the problems and turmoil that's going on in the world. I can't solve every problem, but I can solve the problem of how I'm going to show up and I can make somebody's day brighter. I can influence somebody by just smiling at them. Just when I go into the grocery store at the saying something nice to the checker. It's not the big things that matter in this life. It's the little things. Mm. It's how we present ourselves to the rest of the world. Usually it's the undervalued people that need it the most, like the checker at the grocery store. (laughs) If my purpose is to be that transformative force for good, then there's so many ways that that can show up and I can show up. Again, I, I just would offer that If you are serious about making this latter part of your life something that brings value to the world, then allow yourself to be led to the places where you can bring that value and bring the action of who you are to that. Which I'm also hearing as allow yourself to feel valued. Yes. I think that's significant because someone may be saying, I'm not college educated and now I'm too old and what value can I bring to the world? I think that concurrently, if we can increase our own self-value so that we can be um, a transformative power for good, whether it's in the world, it could be just for our neighborhood, just for our family and primarily just for ourselves. Yes. It's so valuable because people in the latter stages of life are definitely undervalued and certainly not thought of as being productive anymore Mm -hmm. in many cases. And yet the wisdom that we have in these later years, I wouldn't go back to my 20s for all the tea in China because (laughs) I was clueless then. Thank God I have such perspective now. There's just so many lessons that I've learned that have made me a better person. Now I get to offer that to others. It doesn't matter my age, my education, my income level. None of that really matters. It's not needing to have that second mountain be this huge accomplishment. The second mountain is how can I be this force of good in my own world? My little area, that's all I need. The Chinese say, sweep your own front porch. That's what I try to do. If it leads me to other areas, great. But if not, I'm happy with right where I'm at, making my world a better place. I believe that you are, Reverend Sally Robbins. (laughs) (laughs) I want to thank you for joining us today for the podcast, because I know you stirred up some stuff. That's exactly what we want to do. We want to rewire them into thinking differently about who they are, where they are, how they are showing up in the world, and that we are offering them this information as inspiration to change their lives for the better. I'm so grateful that you joined us today and that you are a walking, talking example of everything that we shared. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me today, Duchess. It's been a pleasure. Today's daily word is actually today's daily symbol. Let me explain, Lucy. My husband, who is a big trivia buff, began our morning with this question. Can you name the 27th letter of the alphabet? 
Well, I think there are only 26 letters in the alphabet, honey. Remember? A, B, C, D, etc. However, once upon a time, the alphabet did include an additional character, namely the ampersand. And it was considered a part of the alphabet until the middle of the 19th century. Ampersand is a term used to refer to the and symbol. You know, the one that's on your keyboard when you do capitalize number seven, it comes out. Or you look at a company's name like Ben Ampersand Jerry's. It is a Latin word derived from, quote, and per se, and. So when the ampersand was part of the alphabet, it followed the letter Z. So when children would recite the alphabet, X, Y, Z, N, per se, and. That meant that the word and was a way to pronounce that symbol, which eventually got shortened to ampersand. Ha ha! Ampersand tomorrow is free shipping day. Now, this is an event that happens during December and it's been going on for about 15 years. And on this day, thousands of online retailers, both large and small, will offer free shipping and guarantee your items will be arriving by Christmas Eve. That is tomorrow, Thursday, December 14th. This was launched as a resource for online savings for shoppers and was created by internet entrepreneur Luke Knowles while he was running his own free shipping website. So this first event 15 years ago had over 250 retailers like Target or pennies and the event earned 764 million in online sales and became one of the top 10 highest earning days in e-commerce during the holiday season. So National Free Shipping Day is now a permanent entry in the holiday shopping lexicon. I have to admit, I had never heard of it before. However, you're listening to the podcast today on the 13th. Tomorrow, you get free shipping. This holiday season might be the best season we've had to remember what is the reason for this season, whether you are celebrating Hanukkah, winter solstice, Christmas, or Kwanzaa. This season, beyond all the shopping and the decorations, be sure to take some time for yourself. Then maybe see if there's a way that you can show some kindness and light to someone else. Maybe even consider sharing this podcast with a friend podcast is free and available on everyone's favorite streaming platforms. And if you need to reach out to me directly, you can do so on the Facebook page or my email, which is your life rewired, three words is one, your life rewired at gmail.com. And if you are in need of some tangible, immediate support, please contact the aging and long-term services department at 1-800-432-2080 and the website is aging.nm.gov 1-800-432-2080 until next week remember to rewind refresh and rewire Our show is sponsored by the Aging and Long-Term Services Department of New Mexico. You can contact that department by calling 
432-2080 or online at www.aging.nm.gov. Our original music is written by New Mexico's own Lydia Clark. Join us next week on your favorite streaming platform. Till then, remember to reconnect, recommit, and rewire. We've got information and inspiration. You